What's going on, Golf Addicts? It is the Zozo Championship. Zozo! Week. Woo! We are here. I am David Barnett, otherwise known as DB. This is Pat Perry, also known as Pat Perry. <laughs> we are the Tour Junkies, and we do this every single week. We're going to break down this week's action, talk about this brand new golf course that we've not seen ever before in Japan, and we're going to talk about the things that we think players are going to have to do well to succeed here uh, at the Zozo, and we're going to give you our picks, our uh, sleepers, and the guys that we think you should avoid. We're going to have a good time doing it, is what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit of DraftKings. We're going to talk a little bit about outright betting, my bookie kind of stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun on this episode. Tonight, we have, uh, at the end, we have DB down in the DMs segment is back. I've got some wonderful DMs, including actually a listener voicemail that uh, it started as a DM, but we are actually, we, we had him call in and we wanted you to hear the story first. It's very interesting and he has a dilemma and he wants our help. And maybe you guys can chime in with some, uh, with some help for him. And, and we've got a, a few other DMs as well that we're going to get to. But if you're watching live on YouTube, um, I, would, I would invite you to go ahead and throw in some questions in the chat. Uh, that maybe you would have me come back to and hit in the DB down in the DM segment near the end. Pat, um, podcast juice tonight. What you got, buddy? Oh, a little Tito's and uh, with some club and, the, and a splash of. Uh, I didn't have a lime, so a little splash of lemonade in there. Just just to get some lemon in there. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good. First first one. I, you know, usually I have one before the show, but this time I'm. Starting yeah, with this one because uh, you know we had baseball and all that crap with the kids tonight, and the wife's out of town. So by the way, I'll I'll say this right now: uh, my youngest was very upset about me recording the podcast, um, as he said, away from the house. Even though I'm in the bonus room, uh, he has to walk through two separate doors to get up to me. So if for some reason he's freaking out, uh, it could happen anytime. You know, we we're both you and I both. We got kids. We got real life around yeah. us, and uh, so yeah. there, there could be interruptions tonight. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, my podcast use. I got to give a quick shout out, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it briefly after the picks. Our boy Bill Brower, who won the Tour Junkies member guest contest back mm. in the summer. Uh, our guerrilla marketing contest. We flew him in from New Jersey this past Thursday uh, and Friday. We had a great time with Bill. Such a great guy. Loyal TJ listener. Big fan of him. And he came bearing gifts, Pat. Uh, he is from up in the Jersey area, but a friend of his uh, does a little stateside vodka is the name of the company. Stateside vodka. And it's out of, uh, it's out of Philadelphia. You can see it's been in the freezer, so it's in great condition right there. See that? That's nice. beautiful. I love it. Uh, but what's Am it? I going to get so my I'm bottle? Giving, maybe. I'm giving that a shot right now. That's in the old podcast juice. Now, this is interesting. It is it is gluten-free. It's kosher. Zero sugar and zero carbs in this vodka. So uh, I'm drinking that with my LaCroix and, uh, yeah, my, my, uh, my little bit of peach schnapps and my lime. And I'm trying the stateside, stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and I gotta say, it is it is very smooth so far, very smooth. Mm -hmm. Also, word on the street from our YouTube followers and uh, those joining live is Pat is fully pixelated and blurry AF. Gotta love it. Uh, if anyone on this broadcast should be blurry, I believe it should be Pat. So I'm glad it's I'm, probably I'm nice good, and clear. It's probably a good thing. Um, yeah. 
It is funny. I guess that's why you show is being blurry and pixelated to me. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't maybe. know what to tell you. I really don't. I mean, there's the Wi-Fi thing Pat, is sitting right next to me. Yeah, and we. Pat says he pays for the expensive internet, but I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not sure he does. But Pat, why don't you hit us with uh, what what information you do know about the old Zozo and this golf course that we're playing on, the Accordia Golf Course. Um, in, in Japan. Yeah, Accordia Narashino Country Club, just outside of Tokyo. Um, I can't remember the name of the little city they called it there, but basically it's Tokyo, Japan. It is a par... Se- Chiba. Chiba. Chiba, Chiba okay, Chiba. Uh, it is a par 70, 7,041 yards. We got another 78-player no-cut event uh, this week. So basically like a World Golf Championship if you're thinking about strategy on how you're going to play it. Bent grass greens. This is a tree-lined course where I think accuracy is going to be key. It's sort of a course that reminds me of like a, a Hilton Head or something like that, just where you, you, got, you got some dog legs on some of these um, par fours. You've got to, you know, where ball striking is key, small greens um, that are, you know, heavily protected by bunkers. So I think that's that's kind of a maybe a course that you want to look at uh, as far as a comparison. Um, it's an interesting layout, though, as far as the par fours, fives, and par threes. You've got five par threes, actually, ten par fours, and three par fives. Two of those par fives are pretty gettable at 587 yards for the longer hitters. That's number six, and then 562, which is the 18th hole, which should be interesting as they come home. Uh, should be a birdie hole there. Par fours are also kind of interesting. You've got either kind of split, really. You've got five that are under 430 yards, and then another five that are long as hell. They're at 486 to 505 yards. So um, it, it's sort of it's 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 kind of weird how that sort of segmented it out. You don't typically see that. Um, so I do think you know at least from those longer par fours. You know, you might see see the bombers come into play a little bit there, but uh, again, I think the rough is not going to be all that difficult. But I do think you got to hit these fairways. You got to give yourself good angles into these greens. Um, you know, I think you're going to see the bombers though back off a little bit as far as the drivers concerned, um, especially on these dog legs um, because they're not really going to be able to cut corners and things like that. Um, and, and, and just in order to give themselves the best you know, way to attack these greens. But it's a new course, so we're really going to find out a lot uh, once they get out here. Um, but stats I'm looking at are definitely form. I'm looking at driving accuracy, ball striking, which is something I always look at on a course like, like a Heritage, something that's very tight uh, and tree-lined with small greens. Scrambling as well, though, because if you miss the greens, I, wanna, I want guys that are, you know, able to hit you know get it up and down out of bunkers um i, I like that uh and then greens and regulation with a with a little bit of emphasis emphasis on proximity another stat i tend to like when you got small greens so there you go we got no past champs this week because it's a new tournament and uh excited to get started get good field you know we got tiger in there rory in there jason day hideki coming off the skins game uh, I watched zero of that, by the way. Did you watch any of that that skins thing? I mean, I, know- I did watch that. I I usually do like to catch late night skin, but um, <laughs> I did not make that happen this week. I did watch the highlights, though. Um, I did watch the highlights, and my observation was Tiger did not look great. Um, Hideki's irons were off, 
and you know Jason Day just continued to chip and putt better than everybody else, and he did it on the right hole. So there it was. Interesting exhibition. If um, you're gonna start throwing in the exhibition though as narrative for players you like or don't like, I'm 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 not I'm not having any well, of it. I'm not having any of it if you're setting yourself up for that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I I I did not watch it. I mean, I, I couldn't bring myself to to stay up uh, on the East Coast starting at, at, at midnight to start watching that, although I would have loved to. I wish I could have, but no no, thank you. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, this this course did look – it didn't look that bad from uh, – in terms of, like, from the rough. The rough didn't look terrible. Um, but I, I do – I agree. I think this is kind of uh, open to any type of player. It looks to be open to any type of player, a short player, uh, a guy that hits it really long. Um, I, it did not strike me in reading about it and looking at like the course, you know, like the course overviews and things like that. It didn't strike me as an overly, you know, bombers track like Jeju did, um, you know, last week. So uh, I, I think it's kind of anybody's game. And, and I think, you know, you mentioned 78 man field, no cut event from a DFS perspective. I think you attack it the same way that we attacked last week. Uh, it is primarily, if you're playing DFS and you're playing in tournaments, it is primarily about ownership and having that ownership leverage. Um, for me personally, I, I like a number of, um, I, I like a number of guys up at the top that I think will be chalky. I'm going to play them anyway and try to find a little leverage in the middle or down and in, in the bottom tier. I see a lot of value in the 6K, uh, lower 7K, similar to last uh, last week. Um, but it's a it's a great field. It's a really strong field. It's a stronger field than we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and just while we're talking about last week, we normally hit this later. But your perfect lineup last week was Justin Thomas, Danny Lee, Cam Smith, Byung Hun An, uh, Kira Deck, Affy Barnrat, and Kevin Streelman. Uh, that would have scored you six hundred and seventy one points using forty eight thousand seven hundred dollars. So, um, you know, th- there's it's a, it's kind of a I mean, it's it's kind of a studs and duds. JT in the lineup there, uh, Cam Smith and Byung Hun On were in that 9K, 8K range, I believe, uh, and then Danny Lee was in the 6Ks. So, it's I think it's a similar approach. I just think you got to find some ownership leverage um, on this golf course. But I'm looking at ball striking a lot like you, uh, but I, I'm not leaning as heavily towards the bombers. I need good iron play, and definitely looking at bent grass guys as, as this yeah. place is primarily bent grass. I'm looking at guys who can putt well on the bent grass surfaces. So. That's it for me, man. Let's get uh, let's get to it. I'm gonna have you start tonight. I want to see I want to see who you're who you're kicking with in the nine k and above range, which is a pretty stacked little little spot uh, on DraftKings. You've got your uh, you've got uh, three GPP plays. We're gonna get from you a cash play, and who is gonna be your fade in this range? Okay, well I'll yeah. So I'm gonna start it with Hideki at ten seven. The guy you just said you didn't think he was. Hitting his irons well, whatever in an exhibition match, but um, look, I, I it did, like it. Did, it really didn't look great, though. I'm I, just saying, it really didn't look great. Plus, hometown event, first ever hometown event in Japan on the PGA Tour. I think he's going to have some pressure, some added responsibilities. There's always the putter I that you worry about. Always, with that's just always the narrative, you know. But and I get it. But I, I like Hideki. He did finish third, by the way, last week at the CJ Cup. So. Wasn't like he was, you know, playing he did. Ter- yeah, terribly he did. last week. 
Um, you know, you, you look at the the stats. Um, you know, you, he's scrambling. He's third. He's eighth in the field in greens and regulation. I mentioned these greens being pretty small, so he's hitting. You know, he's hitting greens. You know, ball striking not not great. I do agree with you there, but I just think some people may take that whole narrative of being off of Hideki, being a hometown guy or what not hometown, but home country and whatever else. And um, I think you know. If his ownership's high, I may come off of this stance, but I do like him as a GPP play, so I will be playing some Hideki. I think that one of the the, the best plays here, and in really my cash play, is going to be Paul Casey. We've seen him play incredibly well in, in Europe lately the last few weeks. Um, checks all the box. Seventh in ball striking, sixth in strokes gain approach, second in greens and regulation. He's fourth in proximity. And like I said, he's been playing well. He's coming off a, a win just a few weeks ago. Um, at the Euro European Open, followed that up with the top 15. So I think for cash play games, or if you want to use them for GPPs, I like Paul Casey. I do think he'll be higher owned at 10-1. Um, a couple other guys, though, that I think are going to be interesting. I think Patrick Reed at 9,600. He's coming in in good, good form. He's played some European Tour events. He was 15th at the KLM Open. He was 4th at the BMW Championships, which had a good field. Checks the box in ball striking. He's also 5th. When you look at strokes gain putting on bent grass greens, so I think Patrick Reed is kind of coming in in a little bit of a sneaky spot here at 9600. So for a tournament play, you get him for four rounds. I do like that. Uh, so he will be one of my GPP plays. And then a guy, I guess I don't know. He's like, I don't know, like a Wyndham Clark, a guy I can't quit, and that's Tony Finau, or Tony Finau. Sorry, at 9200. I love him this week. I think that's a great price for him. You look at the sats, he's third in ball striking, fourth in strokes gain approach, ninth in greens and regulation. Uh, I think this is a good spot, again, for Tony Finau to 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 show up well. Um, you know, he did that at the Shriners, the last event we saw him, he was a top 10. Um, so I, I do like Tony Finau as a GPP play. My fate is going to be, and I think it's just a sucker price and, and this is maybe this is an easy fade i think but it's tiger at 9300 i think he's being put there in that price range so people play him because everybody loves to play tiger because usually i think you would see him a little bit higher running but i'm i'm not you know coming off surgery and whatever else i just can't play tiger here if you want another fade to uh, look i think jordan Spieth's top 10 last week was the total facade i mean if you're talking about Ooh. being accurate off the tee, I played him some, and, and but you didn't you didn't have to be as accurate off the tee last week as you do this week. And I just I don't know I, I'm not a big fan of Jordan Spieth at, at ten thousand, so that's kind of a bonus fade um, coming off that. But he's probably still gonna if he's low. If I go in and I check the ownership on him though, and he's like six, seven, eight percent like he was last week, then I'll probably play him again. But I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's interesting. Not not a whole lot of agreement here. Yeah. I, the the thing for me with Hideki is just you know, um, the ten seven. You know, if I'm going to play up, I, I would rather the only guy over ten k I'm going to play is going to be Justin Thomas again. Uh, I'm right back to JT this week. I had him last week. Loved him last week. Um, and I think there's no reason to stop him now. He's he's rolling, man. I think JT is uh, is as dangerous as, as anybody in golf right now. I know Brooks is number one, and 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 Rory's up there, and all that. But I, I, I think JT is yeah, just as dangerous argue. as anybody. I can't argue with you. I mean, I think he's a, he's a good play for sure. 
Um, so I'm going to start with Justin Thomas. Then I, I am going to go to uh, a guy that I faded last week, and I think it was a good fade. He finished 30th near middle of the pack, but he was like the fourth highest priced guy, and that's Victor Hovland. But now we see the price goes down a little bit, and this is this is where you know when you're playing DFS or when you're betting, you got to remember it's about value. And when we fade a guy, sometimes it's just you know we have all these other reasons we want to fade him, and sometimes it's because the value's just not there. And last week, I don't think the value was there for Hovland, and it, and it wasn't in a field like that. No, but I do not. like the value now at 9,400 dropping down. This kid checks. I mean. It, all the ball striking stats I looked over the last 12 rounds still, just looking at very recent form, trying to capture only fall swing events. He's third off the tee, second in approach, second in opportunities gained, fifth in greens and regulation, and he's 16th in strokes game putting on bent grass for his career. Short career, but th this kid is unbelievable. Uh, the ball striking is fantastic. So I think Hovland at 9,400 is a no-brainer, and I think he's going to be chalk. I think he's going to be very, very chalky. Um, I mentioned I, I, I don't mind eating chalk on a solid player um, that, that may be a little higher up, but uh, I'm going to try to find an edge near the middle or the bottom of the pack here. And then I'm with you on Tony Finau. I had him marked. Um, I like Tony here. Definitely checks the box in ball striking. Um, I just, you know, I, I think he's, he's going to kill it. Ninth at the Shriners. Uh, $9,200 feels like a wonderful price for Tony. Uh, so I'm going JT, Hovland, and Finau. Again, all three of those, I don't really feel like you're going to get a huge GPP edge. Props to you for, for your guys. I mean, I think you're going to get an edge uh, with Reed. I think you, you may see an edge in, in Paul Casey, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going a little more chalky here. Uh, and I'm definitely going to go JT in cash. We talked about this last week. If you're playing cash DFS, you know, a 78-man no-cut event is is more like a tournament than 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 most weeks playing cash. Um, so I, I still think you got to have some. Uh, you have to have some level of uh, of uh, of differentiating your lineups. And I think in cash, a lot of people are not going to play Justin Thomas at 11-8. And I just love the upside. And then you can fill you can fill out the rest of your lineup with guys you're guaranteed to get four rounds out of. So um, I'm going JT in cash, and I had Tiger written down as my fate as well. You know, he, he didn't look fantastic um, at, at the exhibition event, which is what we got to see. Uh, Arthos, arthroscopic, whatever, knee surgery a couple of whatever ago, and, and, and first event back. I think it's, I think it's definitely appropriate to, um, to kind of wait and see. Now, I do think you're going to come, you know, you're going to get ready for lineup lock on Wednesday night, and you're going you're gonna to think, wow, Tiger's going to be like 7% owned or less. That's attractive to me. Whatever. If you want to do that, go ahead. I am not going to do that. So that is the nine can above range. I'm going to start my betting ticket uh, with Victor Hovland. He is thirty to one uh, on my bookie currently. I think that is a. I think that is a very attractive. I think that's a very attractive wager. Thirty to one. You're not going to go shorter. I mean, you last week you were all about a short guy is not going to win. Short guy is not going to win the CJ CJ Cup. Well, I, that's what I, I said I had a feeling. I said I had a feeling, and yeah. that wasn't correct. But, I mean, you look at the leaderboard after Justin Thomas. It was it was Danny Lee. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I thought I was going to have another – I had another Wyndham Clark sweat until, like, the second hole on Sunday. He was, what, four shots back on yeah, I still think going these, into Sunday. These tight fields, I, I don't mind going a little shorter if I have to because I just think in the end – you know, when you get you, you got guys like JT, 
you know, Rory, all of that kind of stuff. I just, I just feel like the, and this is not a world golf championship, but I feel like the cream rises to the top in those. You see DJ wins a ton of those type tournaments, and he's always the shortest guy in the field when he's in there, or at least one of them. So I just feel like in these fields like this, now not necessarily last week, I think you're probably, you know, on the right track last week, but when you got it, you know, with Casey and Hideki and Rory and JT and Fleetwood and all of these guys, I just feel like you, you can take some of the short, a chance at some of those shorter odds guys but put a little more money on it, you know, so you got a little more return. I know you like the return, which which everybody likes. So if you're going to bet the shorter odds guy, put, you know, three units on it instead of one if you want to. I, I don't know. No, I, I like that strategy. And, I mean, um, and I think that this week's tournament, the field is stronger than last week. You know, last week you could easily narrow it down to, like, 50 yeah. guys. Yeah. And so going a little longer made sense. I think this one's a, a little bit stronger. Um so I, I'm I I hear you, but the thirty to one is still as short as I'm. No, I, I don't, I'm not, yeah, that's not. I'm okay. I just don't get geared up about it. Like I don't I don't have it. And I'm not betting enough money. My the, my unit is not big enough to to get super geared up if I hit somebody at sixteen to one. I just I don't. I mean, I guess I guess we could throw more of those out there and pad our our betting record stats. But I, I'm not I'm not interested in and I'm just not interested in doing that. Um. Okay, somebody said, or Josh Kistler said, either I'm getting more intoxicated or Pat's connection is getting clearer on YouTube. I, and I think he's right. I think, actually, I think he's not. He may be getting more intoxicated, but your connection is getting clearer. So congrats, congratulations to you, Pat. I'm not sure what you did, um, but it's it's working for you, bud. I'm, it's I'm totally working for you. 100% certain I did nothing. Um, all right, let's get to the 8K range. Just a rather small, uh, small range here. I'm going to go in tournaments. I'm going to go back to a guy who disappointed me a little bit last week uh, with a T26. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't fantastic. I'm going to go with I'm going to go back to Cabrera Bello, who I know was fairly chalky last week, um, and I'm thinking maybe some folks hop off of him. I think, you know, with Byung Hun An, Sung J M, Jason Day up top, I think he gets overlooked. Uh, so I, I'm going to I'm going to anticipate slightly lower ownership on Cabrera Bello. Uh, the guy has been playing really solid golf on the European Tour, and and the T26 last week wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking I'm going to get a little leverage with him in tournaments, and then I'm going to go with a guy who we haven't seen since the Shriners, but in the Shriners and the Safeway, his last two finishes, he finished fourth and second in both of those events, and that is Adam Hadwin at $8,100. He is sixth in this field putting on bent grass, Checks a box in, uh, you know, approach play, greens and reg. Uh, doesn't hit the ball a long way, but definitely doesn't find himself in a whole lot of trouble. And I do think, at least I'm guessing, I, I don't feel like there's going to be a whole lot of talking heads talking up Adam Hadwin in terms of DFS. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what his ownership will look like. But RCB and Hadwin for me, and then it's hard to avoid Neiman at all. Um, I was glad to get on. Was glad to get on Neiman and not Matt Wolf last week, uh, as Matt Wolf was pretty terrible. But here we are again with Joaquin Neiman on bent grass, which he he really really apparently enjoys. Um, I threw out a nice little Joaquin Neiman on bent grass stat neck last week, paid off again uh, at the CJ Cup, and I love him at 8,200. I mean that's a price that's really hard to avoid. So I've got him as a cash play. Um, you know, and, and if you want to play him in tournaments, play him in tournaments. I, I think it's hard for me to to fit him in. 
in too many lineups and tournaments if I'm going to play, you know, Hovland and Finau and JT because I think those are chalky up top. If you throw in Neiman, now I'm getting a little too chalky. Um, if you take out some of those guys, you know, maybe find some leverage elsewhere or I'm wrong on my ownership projections, um, you know, maybe roll with him. All in all, I just love Joaquin Neiman here. I think it's fantastic. A guy I don't love is Sergio Garcia, who we both talked about last week and greatly under underwhelmed. And it was just all around bad, actually, for Sergio. Finished 60th at the CJ Cup. Uh, I am not gonna. I'm not gonna keep with it. He frustrates me to no end. I, I never, I never get Sergio right. He. I just. I don't know what it is. He. He seems so attractive at times. He's been playing well on the European Tour. He comes to CJ Cup and sucks it up. I, I don't know. I, I could see Sergio getting... Sergio strikes me as one of those guys who would get really irritated at the, the, the Asian media, which, by the way, was absolutely... Not, not Asian media, the Asian uh, uh, galleries. <laughs> absolutely electric, okay? If anything, it is worth staying up to, to, to watch this or at least watch the reruns to catch the Asian galleries. It was fantastic. All the, the, it was just, a, it was just fun to watch. I could see Sergio getting, getting, he might, he might helicopter a three iron in some Asian lady's skull before <laughs> this is all said and done. So I, I, I don't, I don't even know. There's, there's, you got a high risk of camera shutters going off a lot. You know, I mean, let's be honest, it's a stereotype, but Asians take a lot of pictures. You, you know, you never know what could happen. I feel like Sergio could just lose his mind. I mean, it may be a stereotype, but I just know from years and years of going to the Masters that that's. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> they do. That's what oh, I see dude, at the Masters. Yeah, they, they they literally will take a picture next to the trash cans. Yes. like the green bag, the green bag trash cans. I remember. It's great. I remember one time going up to the Gus Country Club, and there was there was a um, there was a group of Asians there, and they were taking pictures, and and I thought like, I think. I had to literally go up and tell him. I was like, um, "This is this is not Augusta National," because I you could tell they thought they were at the Augusta National. I was like, "No, this is Augusta Country Club." So the National is you know right next door, but you got you know. anyway. So it's kind of funny. But all right, well, so, what? Yeah, I mean, well, no, I can't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, you, were you going somewhere you shouldn't? No, I don't think... No, I just... No, let's just go on. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, God, so we apparently got a comment now. Uh, hilarious. I'll, I'll tell you what. Josh Kistler. This he's guy. He's in the running for, for potentially one of the funniest listeners we have. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a quippy guy. He's very pithy. Very pithy. No, look. I don't. Wanna, I'm not going to repeat what he said. If your game is, if your game is only always, you know, talking shit about me, anyway. then you, you're. That's I not. I can't anything. hear you, Pat. Can't hear you. It's not. That's not a game. It's, you hung up on me. Awesome. Okay, we got disconnected you, there, buddy. Yeah, you hung up on me. Thanks. Okay, sorry. Um. All right, let's go. Who you got, AK? Uh, I'm going with uh, Josh Kissler at um, 8,100. Uh, no, anyway, I will go with, uh, we're in the AK range. So I'm with you on Hadwin, by the way. I'm, I kind of was surprised you had a Hadwin. Maybe it was that, that putting stat that immediately brought him out, but I like him at 8,100. I like him in cash, actually, as well. 
Um, I'm okay with him in cash. Yeah. Um, like yeah. you said, you might get a little bit of ownership leverage, and you need a little bit a bit more of that in your cash lineups if you want to play him. So I like that. Um, you'll see that I'm I'm trying to get. I'm looking a lot at ownership this week, and I, I don't mind when I go into these no-cut events and I got every single player under 10% owned, um, or I got one guy that may be chalky and five that are, you know, that are sitting there at, um, you know, under 10% or whatever. And I, re- I like Louis Eustazen at 8,400. Um, you know, you look at the stats here for him. He obviously is checking boxes. He's 17th in ball striking. He's 11th in strokes gained approach. Top 15 in greens and regulation, top 20 in proximity. Uh, also checks the box in driving accuracy as well. Um, we haven't seen him in a little bit, but I do. I just think his ownership is certainly going to be low. Um, just nobody ever likes playing Usti, but he's just solid, you know, especially in fields like this. I think he, he's going to play well. So I like him at 8,400. The guy I'm fading is your boy RCB. Yes. Fading Rafa Cabrera Bello. Look, the stats really aren't showing up all that well for him. I mean, yeah, but the stats you're looking at, are you looking on Fantasy National? Yeah, I'm looking at Fantasy National. Okay, that doesn't take. That's the that's one downside to Fantasy National not taking into account all of his European Tour stuff. He's been crushing it on the European Tour. Well, I still I think that 8600. I'm I'm I feel like even. If the stats are wrong on Fantasy National, which they're not, I mean, they're just bringing in some tour events, but still, um, across the board, they're not really that great. He's like near the bottom of the field in ball striking, greens and regulation, he's proximity, nothing other than scrambling is like the only one that's popped for him. And, uh, you know, so, okay, bring in the European tour stats, but whatever, if we, you could go, you could, we could argue stats all day long, but I still think he's going to be pretty high owned at that price at 8,600. So I don't. I just. I'm not a big fan. I don't. I know last week wasn't I all. Know, that, I think people are gonna hop off of him after last nobody week. Nobody ever hops off of him. They never do. Yeah, you're kind of right, you, dude. It's it's tough to argue though. I mean, you're you're looking at Fantasy National, and I mean, at, he finished second at the Open de España, de España sixth at Wentworth. Um, I mean, Wentworth was in September. Uh, Open Espana was uh, October 2nd. Um, he missed a cut at Alfred Dunhill between those two. I mean, but July he finished ninth at the Scottish Irish Four. I mean, he, you know, and, and that's getting back there a little bit. But your fantasy national numbers aren't taking into account those those two events. And, and I don't know, he's just solid, man. He's solid. His, none of, his stats are never all that flashy, honestly. I feel like they're never all that flashy, but he just doesn't do anything really, really crappy. And so he could just kind of hold it together. You give him a hot round, and he's up there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe We definitely got to check the ownership projections. I think you're right. I mean, if he's chalky, again, maybe. If he's, if he's as chalky as Neiman, like if I had to pick one, I'd rather have Neiman. But I feel like you're going to get a lot, of, a lot more ownership leverage with, with RCB. But if if I if come Wednesday night you look at it and you're not getting that then I would I would probably go Neiman. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I'm just not. I feel like he's gonna be a little bit chalky and I, I don't want to fade him, but we'll see. Okay, so, you so, done in the eight K? I'm done in the eight K. Um, well I I was looking at the betting my my betting some of my. Uh, 
I think Joaquin Neiman's interesting. He's at forty-five to one. He might be the only one in this eight K range that I'll that in, in DraftKings that I'll go to my bookie and bet on. By the way, you can go to mybookie.ag, type in promo code Tour Junkies, get yourself now, get this, a hundred percent deposit bonus. That's right, hundred percent deposit bonus. Put in a hundred dollars, you get a hundred dollars in addition. Two hundred dollars now. You have to play with in your mybookie.ag account. Um, use that promo code Tour Junkies. Not only do you get the bonus there, but they also take good care of you as they've taken care of a ton of our listeners over the last nearly three years. We've been working with these guys. Uh, we would appreciate it if you guys do sign up and you want to gamble online. Please use that promo code. It's good for us. Makes us look good. Allows them to com- to continue supporting the show, um, and it makes our wives happy because they actually see a return on the crap that we do for this show. It's very important. Dang. Um all right, let's get to the seven K range. I think this is a this is a fun little fun little spot here. It is. Uh, I'm am d- digging the seven K spot. I'm gonna start with Ryan Moore, seventy eight hundred dollars. Uh, the the T eight at at CJ Cup, the uh, the thirteenth at the Shriners before that. Ryan Moore's checking a lot of boxes, man. He's he's his iron plays solid. He gains strokes off the tee despite being a short hitter because he's deadly accurate. He places his ball where he needs to. Not the best bent grass player in the world, but you know I, I I like where he's at right now. He's also at sixty six to one on my bookie, which I think is rather attractive. Um, so I like I like more in uh, in tournaments, and then, ugh, well, by the way, I like him I think, at sixty six to one as well on my bookie. Yeah, I think that's a good good little spot. Did you hear me just say that? No, I tuned yeah, out. Yeah, I just said that. You, yep, thanks. Um, I'm going to go with the old Chesticle. I'm going to go with Chesticle. Despite kind of a lackluster, you know, T46 last week, uh, the the guy still checks a lot of boxes. Um, Great iron player. uh, Good par four score. I like Ches here. You know, and and for the grasses that he puts well on, bent grass is actually, he he tends to do, he tends to do okay on old bent grass. Uh, And then I'm going to go, I got to go chalky with Corey Connors. Uh, I mean, Connors, I'm, I'm not going to quit. I continue to nail Corey Connors despite your judgment and your hatred of Corey Connors. Uh, and he is also 66-1. to 1. So, I mean, there's, there's something to look at right there just in terms of evaluating, uh, you know, betting odds versus DK value if you're playing DraftKings. Ryan Moore at $7,800 and Corey Connors at $7,200. The same odds to win according to, to my bookie. And you get a $600 discount for Corey Connor. So um, a guy like that, when you're getting that kind of discount, that kind of value and leverage, a guy who's been playing well, a guy who checks the boxes, um, that is chalk I am going to eat often. And he is my cash play in this range as well. I'm going to fade Kevin Na. I faded him last week. He actually did better than I thought he was going to do last week with a T20. Um, but he's still not striking the ball very well. He's, he's doing a lot of it with the putter. And uh, $7,900 price tag, when I could get a Ryan Moore, when I could get some of these guys below him, I just don't like the value that I get out of Kevin Na. And then my second fade is going to be Shugo Imahira. Now, you know, everybody, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not buying it in a field like this. We've seen Shugo play before. He's, he's, I think he's played in majors. I get it. But I'm sorry, I'm not. Who's playing Shugo in Mahira? Like, how is that some sort of like earth-shattering fade? I didn't say it was an earth-shattering fade, but I think when you 
you're going to have people who are looking for that Japanese player who's getting in based on Play Japanese Hideki, order then. of merit. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like the Japan PGA, yeah. uh, you know, circuit. They're getting in on the order of. Merit, oh, our Japan it, listeners. I, okay, you're talking yeah, about our Japan yeah. listeners. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Konnichiwa. By the way, <laughs> okay. uh, Konnichiwa. Uh, um, now I hear so, you. Yeah. I was off there. Um, so I'm, I just, I just I, I'm trying not to let our listeners get, you know, suckered into the the even. I know he's cheap and whatever, but like don't 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 like. 85 times out of 100, Shugo is not going to return value at this event for you. You'd be better off playing any other player in this range that competes with the big dogs in the strongest fields in the world on the PGA Tour. Just don't overthink it. And you know what? Don't at me if he freaking hits next week because I'm telling you, 85 times out of 100 you play this event, he's not hitting. Oh, if if he hits, I'm going to create a burner account and I'm going to at the hell out of you. (laughs) That's what I'm gonna do. You wouldn't know how to create a burner account. You'd have to uh, hire, you'd have to hire a, a, a marketing firm or something. Wow. All right. Who you okay. Got? So Seven yeah, dollars. I'm with you on Ryan Moore. He was one of my GPPs, so I will skip over that pretty quickly. Uh, and also, you know what? I gotta admit, you've turned my thoughts on Corey Connors. I just, Good. I want to fade him, but it's just hard right now. And so I like him in cash. So I'm with you there. So I think Corey Connors will be my cat. I don't think. I know he will be a cash play. Um, two others I'll give you, though. I like Kisner at 7,600. You know, I talked about this course being similar to kind of a, a, a Hilton Head, you know, sort of Harbor Town style course where, um, you know, the shorter hitters have a, have a better shot here. Um, you got to hit fairways, ball strikers, um, good putters, which he is. Um, so I like Kiz at 7,600. I think he is a good play. Um now, here's one that I think is just kind of sneaky. Um, and, and you know what? You might, you might just automatically think of this guy as sort of a bomber and whatever else. And you know what? His form isn't all that great. But I feel like this is a good spot for Jason Kokrak to pop. He checks the box mm. in ball striking. He is 10th in the field in ball striking. He's 7th in the field in proximity. Checks the box in greens and regulation. Um, I think Kokrak could pop this week. I think he's going to be super, super low owned. If you want a guy that's just going to be literally maybe, it'll be less than 5% owned um, for a GPP. I like him at 7,000. You're getting him extremely cheap. He had a great year last year. Um, I know his, his fall has not been all that great. And, I, and I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm okay with that. I think Kokrak is in a good spot here. So I do like him as well. My two fades are going to be Billy Horschel. I just, I don't know. You know, mm. hasn't you know? You look at the stats. Billy Ho fade. Yeah, I don't like him. Forty um, eighth in the field, strokes gained approach. Forty sixth in strokes gained around the green. Not really checking the box in greens and regulation and proximity for me. Um, you know, a, a guy that's typically when he's in this range is, is higher owned. He finished sixty fourth last week in a in a short field, so didn't play all that great. And I think you know there are a few people on him last week, so. I'm going to fade some Billy Horschel. And then Matt Wolf, fading him. I liked him last week, too. Yeah. Son of a killed me. But I'm fading Wolf. I don't like him at all. Oh, you, you look. I tell you, it does feel a little scary to fade him, though, at, at this at this price. I, you are getting your – it's like you it, – it, like you put him in tandem with Hovland, like, every week, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it is. What? It's, 
What are you talking about? Because you're be- about to make the same argument about Wolf that you just made about Hovland earlier in the 9K range because you're getting him for a cheaper price and whatever else, and he's a rookie on tour and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but this is much cheaper. Like, he dropped. I mean, he dropped. But this this course, do you think this is a yeah, good I mean, course fit for him? I'm not saying it's ideal. I'm not saying it's ideal so for I think him, it's a I'm terrible course it, fit for him. And I just, I, I'm not, he didn't play well at all last week. He was horrible. Well, you, you got him wrong last week. No, so I did. You wrong again this so week. I'm going to fade him this week because I got him wrong last week. You liked him last week too. No, I told you I like Neiman more. I wanted to pivot yeah. to Neiman. Yeah. Um, all right. Is that it in your 7K range? That's it. 6K. I got I got a handful of guys here. Um, I think you go back to the well with Ryan Palmer. He's playing good. I mean, why, why not? I know he's kind of a bomber. Um, but when you look at even the iron play, the iron play has been solid. He's not just doing it off the tee. Now, he's never been a great putter, so you need the putter to, to just kind of be average. But he's top 25 in basically every iron player, iron category there is. Um at worst so i'm liking palmer i still like palmer um i think then you go down to jt poston our boy fleener and jt poston are at 6600 they're on the way to uh the old zozo to get the asian swing going for them um you know just he plays he plays shorter course as well uh great wedge player really solid putter is jt poston um you know, results haven't. You know, he's he's made one of two cuts in the swing season: a T11 at the Sanderson, missed the cut at the Shriners, but uh, I like him. He's also 140 to one on my bookie. There's a lot of long shots down here that I'm vi- that are very just titillating. I believe is the word, just very titillating. I think it's titillating. Oh yeah, titillating. <laughs> I don't think it's titillating. Ah, are you sure? I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe. Actually, I think it is titillating. Maybe the YouTube <laughs> viewers can can confirm. Um, uh, and then, and then below JT, I, a guy that I don't know that I've played a lot of, but when I'm looking at this golf course, it's just like, man, this feels like a Nate Lashley golf course. Wow, it just feels like okay. a Nate Lashley course. Yeah. Uh, you know, good iron player, good putter. He's 175 to one on my bookie. I told you I like a lot of guys here. Um, Joel Damon, our boy Joel. You know, we're usually very careful when we recommend Joel. We don't, you know, we love Joel and Gino, like, with all of our hearts. By the way, stick around for an inside story from uh, from from the CJ Cup after this, okay? After the pick section about Joel Damon. Stick around for that. But I, I like Joel here. I, I like him. 160 to 1. Vegas odds uh, or, or mybookie.ag odds. Um, I think this could be an interesting spot for him. By the way, the listeners uh, on YouTube, viewers on YouTube, have confirmed it is in fact titillating, which I am happy about. Um, then I got two more. Adam Long, who I know you mentioned last week, uh, playing really solid right now. Uh, but I mean, the dude is fourth in strokes gained approach, third in opportunities gained and 19th in strokes gained off the tee over the last 12 rounds, according to Fantasy National. He just can't putt. If he could putt, if the putter, if, if a few more putts drop for Adam Long, he keeps hitting the ball like he's doing, he's a top 10 machine um, at this event. I, I really I really think Adam Long is an interesting play, and he is at 250 to 1. 
And then finally, at $6,100 on DraftKings and 200 to 1 on mybookie.ag, when you think of a short knocking course kind of paradise, Troy Merritt comes to mind, who popped a couple times this past season. Uh, he's top half in this field in putting on bent grass. He's top third in this field in strokes gained approach and uh, top 10 in greens and regulation over the last 12 rounds is Troy Merritt. The recent form has not been very good. But I do think that's an interesting play at $6,100 on a, on a course like this on DK. And 200 to 1, I might throw like an each way. That's probably not an each way number, but you can probably get an each way top 5 bet for like 180 to 1 or something. So I think that, I think that would be a very interesting. Okay. There you go. Well, I, you I like mean, a lot of guys down there. I do, too. I, and you mentioned a, a few of mine that I like. Adam Long is one of them. JT Poston's one of them. You know, you mentioned, you know, as far as his putting is concerned, he's top 20 in this field in strokes game putting on bent. So I do like JT Poston as well. Um, and, you know, with you on Damon. Um, I'll throw out Kevin Strillman, though. I, I was kind of – I thought you might mention him. I do think he might be a little bit chalky uh, coming off that, that good finish last week. But – you know, he definitely checks the box here. It's one of those shorter-type courses that, that he tends to play well on. Um, so I do like Kevin Strillman at 6,700. Uh, God. That's probably about it. Um, I would say, you know, you may look at a little G-Mac, a little Graham McDowell uh, up there in the higher amount at 6,800. Okay. Another course that I think is a good a guy's a good course fit for. Um, so that's about it. I'm shocked you didn't say Vaughn Taylor at at the uh, at the, the low low price of sixty one hundred dollars. I mean, I don't mind him, but he just wasn't in the the, the ones I'd written yeah. down. We, we we say we're gonna you know pinpoint okay. s- yeah. a few guys and well, I mean the six. I, I agree. There's a guy. It. I, we freewheel it. We do, but there's a lot of guys in here that pop a little bit that I, th- I kind of like. There, there will be a handful of these that make the DB Big Balls betting card in the Chalk Bomb uh, email this week. By the way, the Chalk Bomb email continues to make a lot of people very happy. If you're not subscribing to this free email every Wednesday night from us, then what are you even doing? You can go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and on the bottom right-hand side, type in your email. I got to say, Pat, your pontificate with Pat this past week made me laugh for a couple of days. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. That's what it's meant for. I laughed for. very, very hard about your about your mailbox obsession. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a big kick out of that. That was that was very good. Um, all right, that's the picks. Let's get to some fun stuff, some recap. DB down in the DMs is coming. Uh, yeah, you know, JT, J, JT won. He, he did what you said last week, Pat, and that is, quote, going to bomb this course all over the place. <laughs> that is what he did. And he he <laughs> he he executed. Um, our picks are pretty good. Our picks are pretty solid. We did have the Wyndham Clark sweat. You know, I said on the podcast, "Don't let me do it." And a couple of you remembered to uh, a couple of you remembered to, to 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 DM me or tweet me and say, "Don't do it." And and I did not roster him in in DFS, which I sh- wish I would have now. However, I did throw a little like quarter unit or. Yeah, quarter unit on him at 200 to 1, and that would have been fantastic. Uh, that would have been really nice to hit. But, yep, uh, you had the, the skins match we kind of hit on. You had Brooks and Rory's whole thing back and forth. I don't even care about that. Yeah, I no. will say, though, 
I don't even know if I can say this publicly. If I'm going to say it, I might as well say it on a show like this where, like, literally our listeners are dropping through the floor because it's NFL season and they don't care. But Brooks is kind of irritating me. Like, I've, I've always been such a Brooks homer and fanboy, and I love the guy. But his, his, just, his attitude lately is kind of bother, bothering me a little bit. I don't know what it is. Also, maybe because it's kind of like yours. <laughs> uh, also, if you're not following Bryson DeChambeau on Instagram for his freaking douche lord documentary about how he's bulking season for old Bryson. Oh, oh gosh, I know. I I'm not just... paying. I can't. I can't get triggered by it, so I'm not even paying attention to it. What a freaking tool! I hate that guy. Um. Okay, so I got to. I got to. We got to tell the listeners. Um, Joel Damon. Freaking hilarious, dude. Gino Benelli, hilarious, dude. We have this little group thread that we do with, with those boys. And last last week, I'm literally, my, my wife is in the bed snoring. I'm in the bed watching the CJ Cup with my AirPods in on my Apple TV, uh, taking in the, the, old, the old CJ Cup. It's probably, I don't know, 11.30 at night. And... Um, I, I'm, I go to the I go to sit on the pot on the on the on the pot to take a crap. I had a late night late night dump hit me. Wow. And hmm. yeah, and I get a, I get a text. Let me see if I can let me see if I can find. It. You know what I'm talking about, Pat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. I get a text. We we get a text, Pat. You're there, and it's it's a picture of a beautiful golf course from Joel Damon. This is uh, this is Friday night. This is Friday night. I'm sorry, Friday night at 10:46. Uh, Text from Joel. Yes. Dana. Okay. I, now I remember. 10:46 on a Friday night is not typically a good time for me to be coherent. <laughs> of the not usually a time you remember. Yeah. Uh, and it's a picture. It's a picture of the beautiful fairway. And Joel, uh, Joel Damon sends a text: "Go or lay up." Oh, also on this text is Aaron Fleener, mm-hmm. JT Poston's caddy. Uh, Joel, go or lay up, and Aaron says, "Go." And I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. So I go, I go, and I look on 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 Shotlink on the PJ Tour app, and I realize like he had just finished playing this par four. He's he's on a par five. I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you on the golf course? Is this a real life situation? <laughs> yeah. And then, because I didn't know what to do, and then Gino sends a selfie of himself, you know, with the bag on, and Joel just replies and says, "Golf is boring." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, "You guys are nuts." And um, and then uh, and then let's see. And then an hour and fifteen minutes later, on another par five from the fairway, Joel sends another photo, and says, "Gino isn't letting me go for it here." And then that was that was it. Um, and I, I told him, every you know, I can't really tell how far it is. It looks like it's a million miles away in pictures. But let your nuts hang, Joel. Go for it. And and we didn't we didn't hear from him after that, but. Joel and Gino, there's just not a better combo. You really, I mean, just yeah. The they need, they should but get more. If you can't pull for those guys, yeah. you know, I, I heard, I heard some of the dummies on the Golf Channel this morning. They were recapping the, the skins thing, and they were talking about like the, the, the banter back and forth, and they were complaining. You know, it was kind of like, uh, uh, it, it seems disingenuous, and like Robert Damron was talking about how. Nobody on the PGA Tour knows how to trash talk. That like golfers don't know how to trash talk is what he was saying. And 
that, that when they're mic'd up, you don't really get what you want. And I'm like, well, we're micing up the wrong players. The wrong players, you're, you're mic- yeah. And yeah. caddies. You're, and caddies. If I guarantee you, you mic up Joel Damon and Gino Benelli and Aaron Fleener, JT Poston. Uh, you, you mic those guys up, Kevin Kisner. You will get everything you want and then some. Yeah. You better have a bleep button ready, and you better have a, some sort of delay on. But you'll get everything you want, and and it may just be, um, <laughs> you know, it, it may just be like that if when you mic up the Tigers and the Rorys and the Hideki's and the Jason Days, like they've arrived at a level of the game that they have more to lose, right? Uh, so so they're more careful about what they say or how they behave, but. Huh, I was just. Such I a think poor you're on to something. I didn't start to think about this, but you're you're on to something here. Like I think if you had like a if you want to do an exhibition, don't bring in these names like Day and Roy. Now look, I know, I no. know, I know bring they the guys that, yeah, I know they bring the TV ratings. So I'm not stupid, but I'm just saying like if you want entertainment, bring the kisses of the world, the Joel Damons and Genos and all that stuff, and do a, do some an event with them because you're gonna get way more people entertained by it it's 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 gonna be fun to watch it's gonna be good golf by the way probably better golf actually probably more competitive and better golf than you see with these with the days and the tigers of the world look i know they're great golfers but still it's not like kids and all of them are that far down so i don't know as far as entertainment purposes i'd much rather watch that than anything else so. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you've got your, you know, Jason Day and and Rory and Hideki. They have they have sponsorship dollars to lose, right? And and I feel like Joel Damon and you know P- Poston and those guys, you know, it might be an opportunity to let it let let their personalities shine a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys are just so funny. I could not believe I got a text from him. We got a text from him on whether or not to go for it on a par five in the middle of the freaking round. Uh, that was hilarious to me. Um, before we get to DB down in the DMs, I got a, a fantastic one-day member guest that I had with Bill Brower, the contest winner, the listener. Props to you, Bill. Great guy. I got to say to everybody out there, 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 there are not many things that have been more rewarding about having tour junkies and being this thing that we started now four and a half years you know four years ago five years ago ish that then then the people that we've met the regular guys the, just the guys that support the show that love the show that that like us or don't like us or whatever it is like there's just not much more rewarding like if you if, if you think back at all the things and i i get to do more than pat because i travel more than pat it just is what it is but pat's met some folks too like we've both met some people who are just regular guys like us and and they just love golf and for some reason they love our dumb show and it's really really cool to get to hang out with you guys um and bill was a a total example of that wonderfully appreciative uh just was fantastic and he earned he earned the day we had a wonderful day at champions retreat played some good golf and um had a lot of fun and uh yeah if there's one thing too that that bill really confirmed is that we need to have a tour junkies listener tournament or mm. weekend yeah. at champions retreat in 2020. And I think that's going to happen. Um, we, we've got, we've got the ability to, to kind of, you know, go out and, and video champions and show you guys what level of, uh, experience you're going to get. Um, because Hey, it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to, this is not going to be for everybody. This is not going to be, you know, 
this is not cheap. So, but but we I think planning a weekend at Champions with me and Pat and you know ten to to twelve listeners and um, maybe a a, a a guest you know instructor slash player caddy coach would be a wonderful time in 2020 and bill really confirmed that drove that home we'd love to meet more of you and have and 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 get a chance to play some golf with you uh we had a great time so thanks to everybody who played in that contest um i know you're probably like who cares i didn't win you're right but bill bill did um (laughs) all right pat would you have anything to add to that are you you good no i mean i'm I'm glad it seems like i never did hear how y'all finished in it though yeah so um We finished middle of the pack. The uh, the one this is the one day member guest. It's kind of a, a very ancillary event at Champions, um, but it has it did double in size from last year. So we had a lot more teams this year. So me and Bill were we we, we didn't we didn't do it. So you didn't, we didn't make any putts. We made no putts. So you didn't no. defend your title. Did not defend my net championship title. No. Yeah. Uh, very unfortunate. Hey, Ash Morrison is on the YouTube feed right now. Our boy Ash. What's up, dude? Much love to Ash Morrison. If you guys don't know who Ash Morrison is, I don't know what you're doing. Resident European Tour expert. If you play European Tour DFS, which right now you should be, because all the better events are the European Tour. But actually, you know, DraftKings doesn't really get the, the contest sizing right. So you should at least go take what Ash does and then go to mybookie.ag and bet on it. That's for sure. Yes, definitely. But Ash is, you know, I wish I could have Ash as a member guest partner. I think we could probably kick. <laughs> you probably kick kill of, it. Kick a lot of people's ass because Ash can actually play legitimately like professional level golf, and he's 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 from England, so like he knows what the heck he's doing and talking about. Go to go to tourjunkies.com and read his articles in our blog. One groove low every single week. Um, Ash is the man. Holler, Ash! Thanks for, thanks for watching, man. Um, all right. By the way, he's he'll he'll have a write up for the Portugal Masters this this week. Uh, check that out. All right, I've got some DMs to get down in. Patrick, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to hear DB down in the DMs. I think we got some good ones here. Yeah, I'm gonna run through a couple questions we got. I'm gonna end on the listener voicemail um, that we got and try to try to figure that one out. We're gonna end on that one. So let's start real quick uh, on Twitter. Eric Morton at Father of Twins thirteen. I would be willing to go out on a limb and say Mr. Eric has twins. Wow, poor Patrick. guy, poor guy as a twin. Whew. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, now Pat, this is actually a question for both of us. I'm, I'm going to make it for both of us. Uh, he says, "What was your favorite food as a child, and what is it now, as an adult?" Well, uh, I can tell you that my favorite food as a child was definitely French fries. Any French fries. Um, I, my, par- my parents laugh at me because I was like 12 years old when I ate my first cheeseburger from anywhere because all I ever wanted was fries. So my parents would go to McDonald's. I would get a, back then, super size order of fries. And that would be it. Very sad, but that's that's just what happened. Now I eat I eat loads of cheeseburgers. Love cheeseburgers, but uh, back then that was the case. I was a big fries guy. What was your childhood addiction? While I pour another thing of stateside vodka because we have a little bit left here, 
And then we have the DraftKings show coming up after this. Oh, God. For a second there, I thought you had a beer and you were about to mix beer with vodka. I was thinking, all right, okay. Let's step it up a notch. I'm trying to think of what my favorite food was as what a if, child. If I spilled this on the computer, this would be so bad. Yeah, that's not going to be good. I'm try- I don't know. I mean, I liked a lot of different things. Um, Man, that is a tough question. I didn't even think about it. So it's I, really not that tough, honestly. I, I guess I didn't have a favorite then because I liked a lot of different things. Um, I didn't really... I know what my favorite is now. What's your favorite now? Pizza and wings. Wine? Pizza and wings. <laughs> Pizza and wings. Huh, okay. I mean, I, I guess I have finer tastes. I mean, like, so, so you're telling me that... Your death row meal is going to be pizza and wings. Yep, it is. It's going to be pizza and wings with some a side of ranch to dip in. I mean, I, I, if you're just asking me, like, it's not it's not necessarily going to be a steak or a Kobe beef or some shit. It's going to be a damn. It's going to be pizza and wings. That's what I want. Yeah, I love pizza wings. Don't get me wrong. I'm. Uh, I would probably say if my death row, if I'm converting this to a death row meal, mine is going to be a you know. That wasn't the question, by the way. But I know, but I, it's my favorite food. This is this is what I would do. I mean, who would not order your favorite food on death row for your last meal? You're going to do that. I want so pizza mine would wings. be, mine would be, a fillet, um, with. Uh, Blue cheese crumbles on top, melted, and a side of Bernays sauce to dip in uh, with some floppy asparagus. I like my asparagus floppy, not not crunchy. Um, and, like, some sort of, like, twice-baked mac and cheese something. And um, that would probably be my – that would be it for me. Well, you know, now, I will say this. One of my favorite meals the la- since I've lived in Savannah – is at a little restaurant on Tavi Island called the Sunday Cafe. Shout out Sunday Cafe. Nobody probably listening knows what it is. But they have that actually, if we were talking like final meals, like like death row meals, that might be it. Because they have the fire roasted ribeye steak that has this Bernays sauce on it with um, flash fried onion rings, but they're like little tiny onion rings on top of it. And then flash fried oysters on top of that. And the sides are incredible. Like that would probably end up. That would probably, be, if I like, I had to request a final meal. That would probably be what it is. But if you're talking about like my favorite foods as an adult, it's just pizza and wings. I love it. Anytime I'm having pizza and wings, I'm in a good atmosphere. I'm watching a game. I'm doing whatever. So it's it's the whole feeling around just just eating pizza and wings that I like. But if you're talking like I gotta have one final meal, I might be going with the fire roasted ribeye from Sunday Cafe. Well, if you weren't on death row before the Sunday Cafe meal, you may be after with all that all that fried stuff. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, tell us what your favorite meal is right now. We got we've got a couple of those rolling in. Um, all right, next next question, Pat is from it's another Twitter DM, and it is from Steve Timag Timagni, and Steve's a loyal listener of the of the Tour Junkies uh, podcast. We appreciate Steve. He says uh, this is kind of for Pat too, though. Whose PGA Tour career would you rather have out of these guys? Tom Watson, uh, who had 39 PGA Tour wins, 8 majors, and 70 professional wins. Bernhard Langer, 
40 PGA Tour wins, three majors, and 118 professional wins. Sam Snead, 82 PGA Tour wins, seven majors, 141 professional wins. Bobby Jones, nine PGA Tour wins, eight majors, and 34 tournament wins. Or Arnold Palmer, 62 PGA Tour wins, seven majors, and 95 professional wins. Whose career would you rather have? Tom Watson, Bernhard Longer, Sam Snead, Bobby Jones, or Arnold Palmer? That is a that's a tough group. Um, I'd rather have Barney. And I, I, I throw in I throw in that because not only is it his career, but the his connection with the fans, his I feel like he le- lived a lifestyle that would probably been one that I would have enjoyed. Um, so yeah. Plus, I mean, of all the of all the the greats, Arnie's probably my favorite. He he's he's my favorite over Jack. Um, so I I, I think. All time, he's he's literally my all time favorite golfer. When you when you when you, if you're talking old guy golfers, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Arnie for me too. I mean, on paper, Tom Watson has an interesting you know interesting line there, but he I think Tom's kind of a prick, so I can't pick him. Um, I mean, if you look at Bernhard Langer, like that dude continues to just freaking win a lot. He's made a, he's making a lot of money, but. I think you're right. I think it's pretty easy. See, I don't. I think okay. part of that question, if you're looking at longer versus like a, like that's a longevity question. I don't know if I care yeah. about that. Like I don't. I really yeah, don't care. Yeah. Like I, I rather would have my yeah. time like Arnie did, and then whatever. I was done. Yeah. Um. I, got, I get that. You know. So I think. Yeah, I'd go Arnie over that. This is like workout okay. guy versus you know, fun guy, <laughs> like. Like workout guy, like yeah, you've got this long life. He lives to be ninety years old, but he had, had a terrible, non-fun life. Whereas you know, seventy-year-old guy that passed away early had a great life. I might go with seventy-year-old guy. Yeah. I I yeah I think I think that's actually fairly when you start to look at it, I think that's kind of easy. All right. Um, Last question. This is this is going to take everybody's help for this guy. He's in desperate, he's in desperate need of our of our help, not just us, um, but but also the listeners. He sent it in a DM, and I was like, dude, you have to leave a voicemail and tell us. You have to vocalize what has happened here. Um, so we've got a voicemail that we're going to play for those of you watching on YouTube. I have no idea how to let you hear this live, so you're just going to have to forget it. We'll recap it for you here in just a second. Uh, but for uh, let, let's listen to our voicemail from our friend Austin from Columbia, South Carolina. Here you go. Hey, Tour Junkies. It's Austin calling from Columbia, South Carolina. And I just wanted to ask a quick question for you guys. Um, so this past Christmas, my now ex-girlfriend got me a dozen golf balls personalized with both of our names on it and it also says I love you on the golf ball Um, and at first I was embarrassed to have these golf balls and didn't want to play with them but she was getting mad at me so I decided to play with them and I got my first hole in one using one of the golf balls and since we broke up I'm not sure whether I should keep this golf ball since it is my first hole in one ball um, or whether I should tee it off into the ocean or something of that sort 
Um, but if you guys could give me some advice and let me know what you think, that'd be great. Thanks. Okay. So quite the dilemma. Quite the dilemma. So Austin from Columbia, South Carolina, has some girl problems. Okay. He has some girl primarily, problems. Yeah. Primarily his ex who um, sent him, who, who when they were dating, uh, gave him for Christmas a dozen golf balls. Very sweet, babe. Oh, thank you. I would love a dozen golf balls. However, she got something custom printed on those golf balls. Oh, that's also cool. Thanks, babe. Yeah, What'd you get sweet. on there? Sweet. That's so sweet. Oh, I got your name on them. Oh, okay. That's not terrible. I don't mind. That's cool. Oh, but below your name, I wrote, I love you. Love, Meg. <sighs> and for those of you watching on YouTube, here's a picture that Austin sent us of the golf ball. Austin Hall. I love you. Love, Meg. He got a dozen of those golf balls for Christmas. Now, you may say, David, Pat, nothing wrong with that. That's, that's great. Well, yeah, but here's the problem. As you heard Austin say, he made his first hole-in-one with one of those golf balls, and now they are broken up. And now he's thinking to himself, what do I do with this golf ball? I will forever be reminded of Psycho Meg whenever I have this golf ball. Do I display said golf ball? Do I... How, do I do I do I hit it into the water and just you know I don't I don't keep the the relic that is my first hole in one golf ball but when you make your first hole in one like that is a that is a rite of passage you get that ball framed you get the scorecard framed you have your name the hole number the yardage the club that you hit hole ace hole in one like that's what you do but Austin is like yikes like old Meg was you know, a level five clinger. And now I finally got rid of her and I don't know what to do with this golf ball. Pat, what do I mean, what do you think she should do with the golf? What do you, what do you think Austin should do with the golf ball? Well, I'll, I'm, you're saying all these things. So yeah, there are all these things that you're supposed to do when you get a hole in one. Okay. So the first one is buy a lot of drinks for people. Um, you're supposed to go in and buy drinks at the bar, so you've done that and had fun there. Uh, yeah, frame it and do all that kind of stuff. But I think in this case, you can't. You got to. You got to drop tradition. You can't frame the ball. I think you got to have a ceremonial. Hit that ball into the ocean somewhere. You still put up a plaque of that you've you've got. Um, you know, you got a hole in one. That's fine. But I think you take it out, you, you just... Here's what I think you do. Take that club out of the bag that you hit to make that hole-in-one and frame that one. Get a similar club if you need. If you love that club, then fine, whatever. You can get a new club. Who cares? But I think you just ceremoniously, you know, you gather up your friends, anybody that might care about this hole-in-one, uh, and just do something like, you know, hit it in the... You know, use the club that you use to make the hole-in-one, get near the water somewhere or something else and just bash that thing out as far as you can and get rid of it. It's in the past, but you still have the hole-in-one. You can still show ways that you got a hole-in-one without having that ball displayed. The only other option you would do is just display the ball but turn it around so it just shows like the Titleist or whatever it is. But then you're always going to know it's there. You're always going to know behind... Like if it's displayed 
and you just don't show it. Like that's that's just negligence, as far as I'm concerned. You're not negligence. I mean, you're you're not. You're always going to know it's there, and it's you're not really paying attention to your feelings. Like, you know, I I mean, so yeah, because like get that, rid of it. Get rid of the damn ball. Obviously, you. You know, that was the first thing I thought of. Was like, do you turn the golf ball around in the display case and um, and just let it? You know, obviously it's not going to display that. Fine. But you're, you're but personally, I, you're always going to know. You're always going to know that's are, behind. Every time you walk past that ball, you're going to think of Meg, right? Yeah. Uh, which Josh Kistler says it was a rookie mistake on his part. He should have never dated a Meg, right? Anybody who calls herself Meg, uh, which may be true. Isn't that like the Big Shark movie, Meg? And like, isn't she like a big shark? I don't know, but Kissler just sounds like he's too picky. I mean, golly, some hot ass girl comes in front of you. Your name's Meg. You're in a, nobody you're said a, her. Na- nobody said she was hot. We don't even know if she's hot. Well, I'm in not fact, saying that. Well, she but probably if, is, if she, she is hot as hell and, and her name is Meg, the, and she's got a great the hot crazy scale, she probably she's definitely crazy. So she's probably hot. She probably is hot. I don't know. Meg's over there probably saying never date a guy named Josh. Anyway, let's go yeah, ahead. There's nothing wrong with the Josh. Josh is very normal. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, and then there's the idea of like, do you just take a sharpie? Do you do you take the thing out on the concrete and scrape everything on it? You know, you um, still know. You cannot. You can't do anything to that ball that's going to take away the fact that it in in internally, he knows. That ball was given to him by his ex with I love you on it. It doesn't matter how much you scratch it, sharpie it out, do whatever. It's still going to be there. So the only way to get rid of it is to freaking punt that thing out into the universe somewhere. (laughs) I got to be honest. I don't know why, but I've actually never thought of the whole, like, just mount the golf club thing. Like I, I, you can get a new I'm club. To think about it. Like that's not a bad idea. You can definitely say, I, you can definitely say like, this is the club I hit the hole in one with. It's very easy to replace the club. I mean, let's be honest, Austin. You probably bought the club off of the rack at Dick Sporting Goods. It's probably the worst fit club for you on the planet, and you, like the universe aligned, and you happened to square the club face one good time, and the ball went in the hole. You know, you can get a you can get a replacement eight iron or whatever it was. But to have the plaque without the ball and just have the club like underneath it, you know, the plaque and then like the club horizontal underneath it. So what what piece of equipment is more vital to the hole in one? The ball or the club? If you had to pick one piece of equipment. I would think it'd be the club. If if all right if somebody, if you had a hole in one, and somebody asked you how you did it, would in what phase of the conversation would the ball be in? It would be at least third or fourth. You wouldn't say like, and it was a title. It's four. Like you would be like, okay, well, I was 175 yards out, and I hit a six iron or a seven iron. It, it would not. The yeah. ball would be like way down. Like nobody would ever say, well, what was your ball? Like nobody ever. It was a noodle. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to see what type of ball it was. Like it you could actually like... backfire because what if it was a noodle or a pinnacle or something? Like you want to put the pinnacle up there? I think based Nothing on wrong this with pinnacle. picture. I'm okay with pinnacle. 
I think it's a Bridgestone, but I can't tell exactly. Which, if it is a Bridgestone, I gotta be honest, that's another kind of point for Mech. I mean, Bridgestones make they make really good golf balls. Um, <laughs> Ash Morrison trolling Pat. He's getting in on the on the on the Pat troll on YouTube. He said it'd be a seven wood for you. <laughs> your your seven wood would be flushed against. I the, can hit a seven wood. A, he, a heaven wood, am I right? Am I right? A heaven wood? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe you just, or yeah, maybe you frame like the club and the tee, and like your glove and the scorecard, and everybody's like, "Yo, where's the ball?" And you just go, "F the ball." Don't worry about the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you get rid of it. The more I think about it, I think you get rid of it. You, you're always going to think of Meg. And, and, and I and think the actual ceremony one, of getting rid of it would be even fun. Like, gather your friends around and be like, hey, guys, this is what I had a hole in one. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the local pond or whatever, lake or whatever. We're going to go to the golf course, whatever. And we're going to just. The local gonna, pond? What are you in, like a. Like a <laughs> Podunk, Georgia. You like Vidalia, Georgia. I'm just Georgia. trying to think of places. Hey, boys, just go down that local like, pond. Because I'm, I'm just thinking, right, like, for me, it'd be the ocean. I'd just be knocking that thing out as far out in the ocean as I can possibly find. Um, what if you What if you did that, and then, like, three days later, you're out on the ocean, or you're out walking on the beach, like, with like you're just, like, walking the dog on the beach, and a wave comes in, and out of the wave comes rolling that golf ball. I'm I am beelining <laughs> to wherever Meg is, and I'm gonna be like Meg. The stars are aligned. Let me tell you this whole story. I'll take we, you back. We need to be yeah. together because yeah. if that happened, there is some there is some forces out there in nature and whatever else yeah. telling you that you should be with that person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you just get rid of it. Austin, I, I I do. I'm starting to come around on the idea. There's definitely the argument of like, who cares, man? But you know, you're gonna get married one day. You're gonna settle down to to not a Meg, and you know, an, a hole in one frame is something that a man always has. You're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna lose. You, you that. all you cannot let that get put up in the closet and dusty and old. Like you need to pass that down. You know, you need to keep that. And and your wife's gonna want to walk past it. And you know, your kids, or you're gonna want to be able to talk positively yeah. about it without thinking about me. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Let's 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 end on that, Austin. There's your advice. Uh, if you do decide to destroy the golf ball, video it, man. Let, let us pass it on. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bill Brower jumped in. Our 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 member guest partner, Bill, jumped in and says, "Just don't keep her old panties." Great advice from Bill. Gosh. <laughs> great, great advice. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. Hey, if you have not listened to the Charles Kelly interview that we released last week, it is fantastic. Pat sings on the podcast with Charles Kelly. He is the lead singer of Lady Annabellum. Heard of him? Yeah, you probably have. It's pretty awful. It's It's fantastic. He gives us like 45 minutes. Great stuff. Also, coming this week, another interview from a PGA Tour player um, who gave me... 45 minutes of his time and he was phenomenal as well very gracious great interview uh easy interview just like teed it up and the dude knew what to do so cue that up and get ready thank you guys for watching as always may your screens be green head over to mybookie.ag and make those bets we appreciate you following along see you oh